Welcome to the Christian Life Coach Collective. I'm your host and coach, Lauren Malone, and I'm here to help you become the hero of your own story and learn to be a guide to others. Whether you're a life coach in any niche or you want to become one, or you're just listening in so you can self-coach to lead your own life well, this podcast is here to serve you. I'm super excited to walk with you into your calling and help you create a wonderful legacy for your life. So let's jump in to today's episode. Hey friends, I have another guest today. I want to introduce you to Torrance Douse. He and his wife, Samantha, and his three kids have done lots of things in ministry and missions. He's been a music teacher and a worship pastor, and he graduated from Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University as a certified master coach, but then he discovered life coaching, and he realized that he wanted to teach people more than just how to manage money. He wanted to teach people how to change their mindsets about money and how to experience true freedom through faith in Jesus, not just the kind of financial freedom that you can see all over Facebook these days. And it's not the hustle culture, it's the trust culture. He's really into helping people, especially couples um, and families, determine what is their financial legacy, thinking about what their children will learn from them in the future, what their children are going to know and believe about money and God's provision. I'm loving having him inside of the Greenhouse course, and I want you to hear a little bit about what he has to say about the Greenhouse course. So if you're interested in it at all, listen to him and see why he's in there, what he's getting out of it. And then also there's tons of gold nuggets in there about your luggage and your baggage, guilt versus shame, and so much more. So let's jump in. Hey, Torrance, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. We can hear each other. Yes, yes. Glad you're here today. Good to be here. All right. So Torrance is a coach and training inside of the Greenhouse Life Coach Training and Certification course we're doing. We are almost to the end of it, which is going to be really sad, Sad, but that makes room for everybody else to show up and then you get to be alumni. That's very exciting. And I want to have everybody get a little bit of info from you, a little bit of your journey. I want them to hear about your, um, your exposure to coaching and your journey and your calling as a coach. So you want to start us off with a little bit of your story? Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm from the south suburbs of Chicago. That's where I was uh, born and raised. Um, and uh, yeah, so my my career is was in was in uh, music education. Uh, I was a music teacher. Uh, but while I was while I was doing that and I started my career um, in my church, they had a Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University course. And and uh, at the time I was engaged to my, to my wife and, um, and I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta get my money right for, for marriage, <laughs> you know? So I took the course and I fell in love with just the system of personal finance. And I, and I saw it as like a, a game and, and uh, that's how I, that's how I uh, started handling my finances as a, as a single man preparing to be married and, and then after I got married, now we have two incomes. Okay. I took the course again. Cause I was like, oh man, I want some more of this, you know? Um, and then, 
uh, yeah, I just kind of fell in love with just running the numbers and preparing for my future and, and, uh, and just, and just getting, getting my life together and, and yeah. So that's just a good shout out for premarital financial coaching. <laughs> Absolutely. It is a must. Can we tell all the men enough. out there, all the young men, especially, can you just go do this? Oh yeah. <laughs> Help us yeah, out. It's definitely. It should be required in premarital counseling, whatever pastor is counseling you, it should be required. <laughs> right. Add that to it. I agree with you. It's, it's so beneficial and it's, I know I've coached people and known a lot of people who didn't have those conversations, mm-hmm. even in the first years of marriage and just kind of like suffered through it basically. Right. Yeah. So, but I guess that's why those people need that financial coaching. Um, tell us a little bit more about the kind of coaching that you are doing now. So you, you did some Dave Ramsey courses Mm-hmm. And then what, what was the next step from there? After that, I, there, there was a time where I, I started, I was, I was doing all of the, you know, the seven baby steps and all of the tasks and, and he was, and he's every, everybody knows him as like the debt-free guy. He's all about, you know, debt management, getting out of debt right. and everything. But then I was like, okay, there's, there's, there's more, there's more to this. There's something underneath all of this. And there's something that's keeping people in debt. It was something that was keeping me in debt as well. Like, I was just like, man, what's going on? And I met this guy and he was, he was kind of doing the same kind of work as I was, but, um, but he was focusing on this, this concept of financial shame. And that's what made me, I was like, okay, he just put the name on it of the struggle of a money mindset. Uh, that people need to have a money mindset shift to even start saving or even start seeing debt for what it is and um, and start looking at their own situation and and switching their minds to actually have some hope that they can do something about this. Um, so so that's when I started focusing more on money mindset rather than just the tasks of, okay, yeah, you have to have a budget. You have to have this debt snowball. You got to have, you know, three to six months savings, things like that. Those are all good checkbox things, but a lot of people aren't even there yet. They can't even, they can't even look at that because they, they have so much shame from how they're conditioned um, Mm -hmm. to look at money and to look at personal finance. So so that's what that's what made the shift to me. And now I'm looking more at, OK, where's where's the where's your foundation? Uh, how were you conditioned um, uh, as a child looking at your parent or, or things like that? Where did you get your money habits, your spending habits? Because when we get that, when we really identify what those things are in your mindset, then we can get a good foundation to build on right. to start doing all of the other things. Yeah, right. That's so good. Um, so you had a little bit of a wilderness experience mm, to talk about. Yeah. Give us a um, little bit more of that. Cause it, I'm sure it all ties together. Oh yes. So back in 2015, um, my wife and I, we got the opportunity to go to England on a Christian mission, um, to, to help out a church over there. And, um, we, it was one of those moves where we were, we, we, we were trying to sell all of our stuff and we just picked up and moved there. And it was just me and my wife and I had a one and a half year old daughter. 
And um, we were planning on staying there for about five years, but it ended up just being five months and we came back early. Um, and at the time, we really felt the, a prompting from God um, to to not get a job. I was like, what? Um, sometimes you just hear those crazy things. But in the end, you see why he said that and why he directed you there. Um, but when we came back, we were pregnant with our second child and um, we named her Israel because um, she was born in this wilderness experience. So when we came back, we came back to Chicago. Um, we were living with family. And um, while I was not having a job, I was working with my dad because he just bought um, a house down the street from his house and he wanted to flip it. And um, it was just providential timing that I came back at that time because he was just going to hire out everything. But he was like, oh, now that I have my son here, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll give you about 50 bucks a day to come help me out. I'm like, cool. So we were living. Um, this is, you know, family of three, one on the way, living with family. Uh, living on about 200 to $250 a week. We had a car, we had phones, we had bills. Um, but that, that 800 to $1,000 um, a month for a family of three, a growing family, if you look at that bank account, it, you probably say that we're poor in poverty, right. <laughs> but um, we were not living that way uh, because we had an abundant mindset. We were still able to have people over for dinner. We were still able to, to, um, to stay faithful in our tithes and offering and giving to the church. Um, we were still, we were still able to keep gas in our car, keep our phones on. Um, and, uh, and we were living our lives just like we didn't, we didn't skip a beat. We were living our lives just like we were, uh, making 60,000 a year, you yeah. know? Um, because but you it kept was having manna show up. Right. Right. <laughs> God just kept providing yeah. like in, and um, there's this saying, like, if God orders it, he's going to pay for it, you know? Um, so we were living on very meager money, but nobody could tell because we had that mindset of abundance. Like, we had enough. We had more than enough. We had enough that we can share, you know? Um, but we looked at our finances, and we were grateful for it, and we saw, um, we, 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 we saw everything that it could do. And mm -hmm. we were trusting God to do more with it. And that's what it was. That's, that's how you separate your mindset um, from your actual circumstance. Yeah, that's so powerful. Yeah. Because ultimately you're choosing to live like an adopted son and daughter. Yes. Even yes. though your bank account says you've been orphaned, <laughs> mm -hmm. you've been left alone, and you're going to have to strive and make this happen for yourself. But when you, regardless of the circumstances in your life, when your mindset is set, when your eyes are set on the truth, yeah, it makes all the difference, right? And mm -hmm. you're operating from thankfulness and benevolence and you just can't get out, give God, right? Which I think Absolutely. my husband says once a week to me. Absolutely. God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's a very generous person. Um, if anybody has struggled with financial mindsets, it's me. <laughs> Like we've lived, I mean, I, you know, came from poverty, like just my mom, single mom and working to keep the roof over our heads. And I was mostly alone. And so I just knew that we didn't really have enough, but I didn't know what that meant because I never really left the little 
you know, the area I left, I didn't know people had bigger houses. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know where there were houses with basements and more than one bathroom. Oh man. Oh man. Oh yeah. And then, um, I met my husband and, you know, I met the Lord and then met my husband and both of them kind of rocked my world and changing my mindset around, Mm -hmm. um, giving and being benevolent and trusting, you know, and I, I do wish that I had had financial coaching before I was married, just as a, a young woman, if I had had somebody help reframe that mindset back then yeah, before getting married, because it, then it changes and you bring, you know, you bring into marriage all your stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're either coming with baggage or luggage. <laughs> oh yeah you know one is either full of stuff that every somebody's now got to deal with or one is empty and it's just luggage ready to carry some good stuff you know? right right and money can be some real baggage that money mindset so i appreciate the direction you're going and i love the dave ramsey stuff um you got trained as a coach through yes. dave ramsey financial peace university right yeah they they have a they have a master training for financial coaches. So now you're doing the greenhouse because you want to take that and explore um, outside of the finance. You want to kind of connect that to life coaching mindset yes, and marriage and family and legacy, right? So a little bit more about how that journey and, and moving the direction from talking about money to talking about the mind and the heart and the marriage. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, it all everything you do starts in your mind. You know, the battlefield is in your mind. You know, if you want to change any type of habit, um, you have to rewire your brain and, where, and when you're where your mind is, you know, um, and uh, and this is more than, you know, behavior modification. You know, anybody can say, oh, you know, spend less than you make and you know, have this percentage here, have, have this percentage. But if we don't know why we're doing what we did, then it's going to be an ongoing battle trying to do all of those things that we want to do. Um, so, so yeah, just looking at mindset and, and, uh, and life coaching, man, I didn't even know what life coaching was. I remember I was a, I was a youth, I was a youth leader back in the day. I'm a youth pastor and worship pastor now, but when I was volunteering back in the day, there was a youth leader training and uh, one of the icebreakers were, hey, if you could have any job that you want, money's not an issue, what would you want to do? And before I even knew what this was, I was like, you know what? I would want to just sit with people and help them get to the next step in life. Like just go to a cafe and, and, um, and have some coffee with people and and have them share, you know, their life and, and, um, and hopefully God will use me to just get them to their next step. And I didn't even know that that was called a life coach back then, (laughs) you know? So going into this season, I was like, okay, 35 right now, the last couple of years, I've been looking at, you know, what do I want to do for the rest of the rest of my life? I'm like looking at this as like my halftime, you know, restructuring, restrategizing. And um, I remember I said that and I'm like, man, yeah, that's what I want to do. So I started looking at um, looking up, OK, life coaching, life coaching, 
Christian life coaching. Oh, who? what's this podcast here? Christian life coach collective. <laughs> nice. So I started listening to, to this podcast and, um, and lo and behold, she has a course coming up. Okay. Yes. Sign me up. I'm there. <laughs> so, uh, so here I am. And, um, it's been amazing. Everything that I've been learning, everything that I've been able to experience the people, the, that, that I'm working with, um, it's a bunch of light bulb moments that I love. Absolutely I love, love. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, this has been an amazing experience and I'm glad that we got a few more weeks of it. So <laughs> mm-hmm, me too. I yeah. Know. Um, so what would you say some of the, the greatest fruits from inside of the greenhouse has been for you so far between your coaching practice and starting an online business? Man, the greatest things is just the people that I've get that I've gotten to meet, you know, um, and just getting that practice of life coaching. Like before, like before this, I didn't know what it even looked like. I knew it was possible for the last couple of years. Uh, I knew that life coaching was a thing. Um, but before this course, I never experienced it. So, so being able to learn these tools and actually apply them right away, um, with other people that are learning as well. And then, and then you being able to get coached on these tools, um, it's been a transformative experience just for my life rather than just my business. You know what I mean? That's been the, that's been the greatest things that I've, that I've taken out of these, uh, these six, seven weeks we've been in it. That's so good. Yeah. Well, I'm yay. (laughs) Yes. There you go. I wanted you to get the tools, but I wanted you to actually like put it into practice. And I think that's one of the hardest things for people who want to become a coach is actually experiencing coaching. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't really know where to start, you don't know what to say and you don't know how to ask somebody if they would let you practice. Yes. And so being in a course together, you're put kind of under the pressure of like a deadline. No, this is what you signed up and committed to do. Like now you're going to practice. You're like, what? Oh yeah. And I've been, I've been feeling that pressure, Laura. I've been feeling that pressure, you know, Uh, but it's good pressure. It is because it's an external expectation. It's accountability. And that's Mm -hmm. what like being in a course is all about because people are waiting on you and it makes you do things you won't do for yourself even though you say you want them, you know, they're good for you. It's different. Very few people actually go do it for themselves. And most of us will show up because somebody, you know, even though you're the one that invested in the course, you're investing in yourself. Mm -hmm. You signed yourself up to let other people keep accountability and like put deadlines on you. (laughs) Yeah. You're the one that chose it. But it really is helpful to have somebody say, like, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. This is the next step. Mm-hmm. And like you said, in discovering, like you said, I want to help somebody go from one step to another. Yeah. And like, that's my favorite part is just say, like, I'm going to show you what the next step is. Mm-hmm. Okay? I'm going to take the next step with you. Let's all go together. And there's just really something you're kind of, especially when you're just belonging to a group of people who are like directed taking the same Mm -hmm. steps and you can that peer to peer help and encouragement and connection is, I don't know. It's just so valuable to me. Yeah. Um, One of the, one of the biggest things that I've, that I've noticed is just the accountability, the accountability, like everything that, that I've experienced, like, 
like having you ask and and follow up with me hey have you looked at this hey have you looked at that and even the coaches training each other and coaching each other um us holding each other accountable to what we're to what we're doing and what we've committed to um that's probably one of the most valuable things because you don't have that by yourself right and when you're a solopreneur (laughs) you know you're trying to like it's really there's so many things that you have to show up for on your own now because you're not clocking in and nobody's telling you you have to get this done by the end of the day and it's uh it's just a harder thing to hold yourself to and actually follow through and and finish well um so having yeah just having a group of people is really a great way to put yourself into a position where you get more done and you practice, you have tools to practice. And so that said, like, what's your favorite tool or training so far? Oh, man, now don't that, give them all up. Just, just I tell won't. me what it is. <laughs> I won't. I won't. I mean, <laughs> it's one that you've talked about on your podcast a lot. So yeah. Um, Which was but that? that, that pearl practice. Yeah. That tool goes deep. Yeah, it goes deep every time I've used it. um, Like, I'd say I'd say about 60 percent of the times that I've used that pearl practice. Tears have flown. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a uh, oh, it goes deep. (laughs) Yeah, it goes. You have your tissues handy. (laughs) Right, right. And that's when you know that's when you know the real work is happening, man. So well, it's you know, I think you're talking about earlier, behavior modification is just not the same as behavior transformation. Oh you can just sit all day long and do self-help and self-development, but really the Bible doesn't call us to sit and stay and dwell in ourself. Yep. It says actually let the self die. Mm-hmm. and let Christ live in us. Right. And so we Absolutely. need to go to that place of our original design is like that spirit, that new birth in us, that, that spirit life, when we move into that transformation and those moments inside of coaching. And I think the pearl practice, when the Lord gave me that, I knew that that was like a spiritual practice that the Lord was giving me Absolutely. for my life, you know? Yeah. And he's like, no, this is a spiritual practice. This isn't about your soul. This is the old pearl is about how your soul has been living, but the new pearl is about how the spirit of God, Emmanuel inside of us wants to rise up and write the story. It's Mm. about that legacy and it's about the paradigm and setting your eyes on him and living from the truth. And it's just, it's an alignment tool. Yeah. So I agree with you. Most, I would say most of the time there's tears involved and I do it daily. I know I've said that on the podcast. I just keep on post-its. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that triggered me or that one's not good or I need to get out of that thought process or it doesn't feel good. I'm not doing something, blah, 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 blah. I'll just pearl it. And it's just constantly like my way of realign with the truth and the will of God. And I love it. Um, yeah. So I agree with you. I love being able to practice that with each other in the group and and walk it out and how and actually letting it use um, helping other tools work better, mm-hmm. you know, pairing it with other tools and strategies is really, really great. So I think there was something that you said you could use a little bit of live coaching on, and it was something about being able to, um, how to help clients kind of open up. Yeah. And just the initial, um, the initial touch, uh, like just getting, getting through to, um, you know, somebody, 
I don't have a relationship with and um but but I want to help mm-hmm. you know um like I said like like with finances uh there's there's a lot of there can be a lot of shame attached to it it's one of those taboo things like you don't talk about politics you don't talk about sex you don't talk about money you right. know <laughs> um and uh but that's that's what keeps people down that's what yeah. keeps people uh um abandoned and siloed and and um and and stuck in their habits and stuck in their mindsets um but like i would like to you know maybe some maybe some tools or some strategies to just break through that ice um to to try to get through to people so that i can help as many people as i can right so i've i think of two things while we talk while you're saying that and first of all I think of a curiosity conversation first and foremost. So when you meet somebody and you see like, you know, I know a little bit about them. I'd love to be able to help them, but I don't really know them well enough to have a right to speak into their life in this area. Mm -hmm. Such a deep topic, which is like you said, a little bit more of a cold lead, not a warm lead. A warm lead would be somebody who you know that they have an interest in financial coaching, or you know that they're pursuing, um, to get debt free or consolidate or manage their money. If you already know that about them, like you said, in Dave Ramsey's courses, and if they're already there, you know, that they're already on, on that path. It's easy to introduce what you offer, but if you don't know them pursuing that, how do you open up the conversation? And one thing I would like to just kind of shift for you is mm-hmm. as opposed to having, hey, hi, I'm a financial coach. I can change your mindset. Your life will be different <laughs> if you work with me. This is so awkward, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, you try to feel like you're, especially as believers that want to be like authentic and honest. It feels scammy. It feels kind of weird and awkward to like go after somebody and win mm-hmm. them, right? Especially when right. you don't really know right. them very well. But I offer up the reframing of the conversation. How could you get them curious? So where they do actually pursue more information from you, you know? So that might be like me saying, Hey, Torrance, you know, uh, so good to see you again. I think remember we met a couple months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me what you do again. And you, you know, you give me a little something and then, if you were to say, well, what do you do, Laura? I would say, you know, you know how some people just struggle to know what is next in life. I help them with that. Hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. So it opens up a little bit of curiosity. Like, what do you mean by that? I now have permission to tell them. They have asked me to give information about what it's like to help somebody find the next step in life. Right. Mm, so okay. instead of throwing something nobody asked for on them and then being rejected and devastated that they didn't pick up what you laid down, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, you're like, open up, find ways to naturally open the conversation up to them asking you questions mm. and frame your conversation, frame your, your, statements and your questions so that they can ask you more questions and become more interested in what you offer 
which gives you permission to share more. Got it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's so much better than trying to like, okay, you know, that whole elevator pitch thing. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to get sold, man. You know, uh, that's... <laughs> please. that's why I love CarMax. I do not get paid for this commercial, but right. <laughs> nobody comes and asks me like, nobody tries to sell me anything. I just say like, yeah, I'll come get you when I need you. <laughs> right. There you go. Until then, leave me alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where's the keys? <laughs> so, right. um, okay. The other thing is, as opposed to expecting somebody to just come to you and, and suddenly open up about their money mindset and their shame and the hard stuff and the circumstances and the lack, um, what, what do you have to offer them by way of the opposite where you're looking not at their challenge, but you're looking at their desire. Mm. So could you approach it more from a, a hopeful financial future conversation and approach it so that you are letting people know again, like, Hey, you know how people, some people just don't know what their financial future looks like. I hope. Yeah. That. Yeah. And then instead of saying, you know how people struggle with shame about their money mindset and the, their bad spending habits, I help them with that. You could do that. But you're going to have to feel that out and, you know, is it the right person to say that to you? Is that the right way? Is it uh feel good to you to go that direction and bring the struggle up the challenge up first. But if you're struggling to get people to respond to that, what if you talk about the results, the thing they most desire, you know, how people don't know the answer to their financial future. They don't, um, they want a plan. They want this, put it more in the positive as opposed to what they don't have. Mm-hmm. Send it to, Hey, you know how people really long for hope around their financial legacy and what, what their children are going to get from them passed down, not just money, but mindset. I hope mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Is that anything you have? Like, do you have use for any of that? Is that something that you're looking for? You know? So the other thing is, what would you have liked to hear? How could somebody have gotten your attention without putting you in a shame mindset or dredging something that triggers you up? What could somebody have said to you years ago that would have invited you? What kind of language would that have been? What would you have responded to personally? Because that probably is where some of your ideal clients are. Yeah. And it would feel more authentic coming from you because you've been there. Yeah. I mean, me, um, part like a big part of my identity is my family. I mean, my, my, my business is called Douse House. My family identity, we call ourselves the Douse House. Um, so, so, so what perks me up is if you, if, if you come to me, talk about family and, and generational, um, generational wealth, generational financial future. Um, that's what, that's what perks me up, you know? Um, so, so just making sure, making sure that, you know, I know everything that I can do right now with, with what I have, um, all the tools that are available to me in terms of um, insurances and the way that I can save um, a, a will. A lot of people don't talk about will, mm-hmm. you know, um, um, but it's something that is, that, is, that is needed and it's super easy to do but people just don't have that mindset, you know? Right. Um, 
but uh but yeah things like things like that it's and but the thing that's getting getting like forced down our throats is you know start another business entrepreneurship and and financial financial independence retire early things like that um but all of that is so outward focus it's not looking at yourself it's not looking at where you are right now so so what i would what i would suggest is hey let's look at let's look at what you where you are right now and and what is what what's the picture right what's the picture where you want to be where your family wants to where you want your family to be your kids that you have right now what do you where do you want them to be and what's the next step to get there you know, so so if somebody would have came to me like that <laughs> years yeah. ago, oh yeah, sign me up. Right. You know, uh, um, so so yeah, and I was very fortunate to be able to have um a tool like the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University because when I was going through that, I mean, I took it, I took it three times as a student, and then I got trained as a course, <laughs> uh, um, as a coach. Um you're a lifelong learner. Yes, yes, yes. So <laughs> So, so yeah, like when I was, when I was taking that course, that was the course that was telling me all the tools that are available to me. So I started thinking about, okay, uh, college tuition for my kids, even though I didn't even have kids yet, you know, what do I want to do? How, what's the route that I want to take? Um, life insurance, things like that. What is that? How can I use that? You yeah. know? Um, so, so people don't know what they don't know. And that's why, they need somebody to have another set of eyes on their situation to really point out, hey, there's an opportunity here that mm-hmm. you can take advantage of, but your mindset hasn't looked at it, hasn't even seen it because you just didn't know or right. you've been conditioned to look away. So, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if your mindset is that this is a shameful situation or topic. Oh yeah. You know, when it, when that, it, when it comes to debt, Oh my goodness, man. Right. I've, I've seen, I've seen so many, um, so much shame that just weighs people down over, yeah. over debt. And there, that big difference between guilt and shame guilt mm. says you did something wrong, but Jesus says, all right, repent. End of story. East, right. West, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's guilt. Yes. You did something that wasn't great. And, or it was just wrong and there's repentance and there's salvation. There's forgiveness. Yes. But shame says you are wrong. Mm. Shame says that is actually your identity. Shame is underlying and it's, it loves to make you afraid to let it be seen. It, you know, shame breeds in the root system, whereas guilt, that's actually just like in the courtroom of heaven, are you guilty? Yes. Yes, we all are. Yeah. All right. Well, I got this good lawyer named Jesus, but shame's, shame doesn't even go in the courtroom. Shame is like, no, you know, we're not even going to go in there and talk about the guilt and be forgiven our debt. Yeah. Because shame just wants to dig in and keep you isolated. It and it's enough. And it's enough to kill you. Like, it is. Like literally, if you look at statistics of, of suicides, financial shame is up there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, that's been a, a pretty big thing for millennia. <laughs> you know, like yes. whatever, I don't, like, I don't even, what's a millennium? 
Is that a thousand years? A thousand. Yep. Okay. <laughs> it's always been around, you know, yeah. family, cultural shame, financial shame. And so I love that you're wanting to set people free, not just give them tools about their finances, but you're wanting them to find financial freedom, not in the way that a lot of, um, a lot of stuff out there in our culture right now wants to offer you financial freedom by, like you said, retiring early and working really hard and hustling to make more money now. Yeah. And they're calling that freedom. And they're focusing on a number. Like you got to make this amount of money to be right. financially free, but that's not, that's not true. It, right. You're looking at the financial freedom in your mind, in your, your mind, heart, yep. your, your spirit is free. Like you are operating differently. You're operating with an adopted mindset, an abundance, mm -hmm. benevolent mindset, and you're thinking about other generations and not just yourself. Absolutely. And so yes. you're bringing all of the tools plus the truth together. And I love that. Um, so I'm going to let you go. And I want you just to give Samantha and Sophie and Izzy and TJ, my love. And yes. I'm going to link everything in the show notes where people can find you at the dowshouse.com. Yeah, and the if anybody yep. does want to get some financial future coaching, they can find you there. And yes, also they can jump into the greenhouse training and be a certified life coach by the end of this year. If they yes, the sign month. up now, sign so, up now <laughs> and let's get to it. That's exciting. So I've loved having you on the course. Thanks for being on the uh, podcast and I'm going to see you soon. All right. See ya. Hey, thanks for listening. And I would love it if you could leave me a review wherever you listen to this podcast and tell me what you're loving about it. It helps other people who are looking for transformation and change and growth in their lives find me. And if you want to learn about becoming a coach with any of your superpowers, head over to sterlingandstonementoring.com and check out the greenhouse course. See you there.